Um, I just wanted to say for you guys, for people out there, to take care of yourself, uh, mind your health. Um, I know there's a lot of viruses and sicknesses going out there, especially among the school-going people, and uh, make sure you're all vaccinated, you get your flu shots and everything like that, um, and protect yourself, So, and prayers to those who are sick um, right now. And also, you know, I, like Paul, made a resolution to uh, work out more, and so I worked out three times this week and also played Ultimate yesterday in the rain. And, you know, I'm going on 48, almost 48. And so my advice for all of you in that season of life, that wonderful season of life is to stretch a lot more. (laughs) To stretch a lot more because I'm feeling muscles that I don't, didn't know I had. So... That's what's happening, but we are, January 6th is Epiphany. Um, For those of you who don't know, that's 12 days after Christmas, so I think that's where the 12 days of Christmas come from, and Epiphany is always on January 6th, and we are in the season of Epiphany. Epiphany means, you know, revelation and light, Um, and it's it's, uh, in the Christian uh, Christian tradition, it's when Jesus uh, came to the world and God's saving power incarnation was revealed to the world. And then as a part of that, it also celebrates the, the Magi who came from the East to visit and worship Jesus Christ on his birth and followed the star, uh, the star that they followed, the light that guided them um, to the Savior of the world. So that's epiphany. Um, and sometimes in some traditions, that's why you see people making the three kings cake and eating it and stuff. That's uh, the magi. I don't know if those kings were actually ever referenced <laughs> in the Bible, but it's a magi. Um, but I grew up Southern Baptist. I'm a son of a Southern Baptist uh, pastor. And so we, we were low, low church, not, no, like, not much liturgy at all. I, you know, what is Advent? What is Lent? I don't know. We just, you know, the, the most tradition we had is the Baptist hymnal. I know the Baptist hymnal, right? You know, Amazing Grace, page 188, all of that stuff. So that's the, that's the furthest I got. But when I hit seminary, you know, people talked about the Book of Common Worship. They talked about Advent and Lent. And all in the lectionary, and you know, me being uh, a um, Enneagram Four, which is original, you know, being original and individualistic, uh, it was hard for me to get uh, get with like kind of the, those the structured rhythms and the the liturgies, and you know, reading things together and repeating after the um, the reader. Um, but you know, as as I get older. Um, those kind of things kind of ground me um, to a sense of community, to a sense of a rhythm that's really important because otherwise, you know, it'd just be sponta- spontaneity for me, which, you know, that's my, like, that's my wheelhouse, but, you know, being grounded on repetition or being grounded on tradition or being grounded on communal liturgy um, has become really important. I think... We're kind of, Renew is kind of eclectic in that sense. We're like, 
laid back, come as you are. Here's our praise songs. We, you know, our worship leaders just share up here, whatever. <laughs> like, our pastor, too, just tells jokes. And at the same time, we have, you know, communal scripture, or we have the call to worship. We follow the lectionary sometimes. And so... I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good mix. And so, actually, we're in a an epiphany series that'll lead us up to what's after a, a season. Of, what are we going to? Lent. It goes up to Lent, right? Yeah, which is going to Easter, and our series um, is called Shining Light. Shining Light. So, Jesus is the shining light, and we are. Uh, to be, to shine Jesus' light. We are shining his light. Um, And so we're going to take a look at what it means to be witnesses or what it means to reflect light um, to our neighbors in work, at home, in the school, in the marketplace. And so today's passage is Matthew 5, 13 through 16 in the Common English Bible. And my sermon today is entitled, Be salty lights. Um, So here's the scripture from the Common English Bible version. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. With our words, with our deeds, with our presence, with our lifestyle, with our choices, with one another through community, we bring the sauce, right? The flavor to the world around us. And we embody the qualities that preserve the lives of our neighbors. We accentuate and we advocate. We bring out the best and we heal. We make space for, give voice to, and we protect. And we extend mercy to and care for our friends and family and neighbors. And uh, this, in this passage comes after um, the preempt. It's within what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, chapter 5 through chapter 12. And this uh, salt and light discourse comes immediately after uh, the preamble of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the famous Beatitudes. Um, where Jesus basically conveys the upside-down king nature of the kingdom of heaven, right? What it means to be blessed, what it means to be happy, is reverse, maybe, of what, you know, the rest of our culture would say, what the world would say. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn, right? When I'm mourning or crying, and sad, I don't feel blessed. That's not blessed, right, necessarily. But in, in the kingdom of heaven, according to Jesus, this is a blessed place to be. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Right? And so here's this kind of where the first become last, things are turned upside down um, in what Jesus is teaching. Um, humility, right? Uh, modesty, meekness. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about turning the other cheek, walking the extra mile, loving our, na- our, um, our enemies. But then here in 13 through 16, uh, he talks about salt and light, right? You are the salt of the earth. And I think it's, it's very important that this comes right after the Beatitudes because Basically, it's if you live in this way, if you embody these characteristics of the kingdom of heaven, you will be salty, right? You will stick out. You will have flavor. The other day, I went with my parents uh, earlier this week to uh, uh, a Solongtan house, which is the traditional Korean beef soup. So if you go to 229th and 99, traditional uh, Korean beef soup, and actually, uh, one of the owner's daughters used to play piano in my dad's church, uh, um, so we know her. But you know, if you've ever had traditional, anyone had traditional Korean beef soup? It's like a, you know, it's a just beef broth with, you know, tripe and tendon and beef flank, and if you want vermicelli noodles, you can put that in, and. When it first comes out, it's just this white, cloudy, like, stew, right? And you taste it, and there's no flavor at all, right? It's not seasoned at all. So you're like, big deal, what is this? <laughs> this is no big deal. But, you know, then they bring out this, you know, bowl of, you know, sea salt and with a big spoon. And they also, if you ask for it, you can get tadegi, which is like this, you know, spicy stuff that you can make it more spicy. But once you put, take some salt and like sprinkle that in, boom, right? It's like all of the flavor, all of the effort and time, all of the inside of the bone marrow juices just seeping out for hours and hours into this broth. It just explodes in your mouth, right? What was bland or, you know, just kind of water, beef stuff, the salt just accentuates it and brings kind of the innate flavor out of it. And it's so, so good. Um, and the, the broth itself, I mean, my parents used to have all of these arguments about what tastes better, you know, the first boiling or do you have to pour out the first boiling of the bone, you know, and then go for the second broth, right? And my dad was a second broth person, right? So you'd boil it and it gets, the water gets oily and like a lot of beef flavor and you're like, eh, that looks good and it smells good, but you just pour that out, right? And then you put more water into the pot and you start to boil it. And then that's when like the white broth comes out, right? The, the bone and the marrow and like the deep, Flavor, and I think what Jesus is saying. <laughs> sorry, I think what Jesus is saying is when you follow me, when you're my disciple, when you marinate in my Holy Spirit, I bring out the flavor in you, right? 
My salt is in you and you become more flavorful and you become, you are the salt of the earth. And what does salt do? Right? A couple things that salt does. Salt brings flavor out like I uh, was telling you about. Um, But also salt preserves, right? In the ancient days when these scriptures were being written, there were no refrigerators, there were no freezers, right? What did people use to keep meat for a long, long time or other foods for a long, long time? They used salt, right? And salt preserved things in a world without refrigeration. So salt, and probably maybe the preserving aspect of salt was more important back in those days. For us, you know, we like the savoriness of salt. Between being a savory or sweet person, I'm a savory person, and clearly Jesus is a savory person, right? Not sweet bagels, savory bagels, right? Not sweet breakfast, savory breakfast. That's me, and that's Jesus, and that's the gospel. (laughs) But, uh, so salt preserves... Um, And in this way, if we extend the metaphor, Christians help to preserve what is good in our culture. Christians help to preserve what is good in our culture, and we act as seasoning agents. Also, in order for salt to preserve, salt needs to be in contact with the meat, right? You need to actually rub it in or, like, put it on um, the thing, Um, In the same way as salt needs to be in contact to effectively flavor or preserve, we need to be relationally connected in contact in the places that we work, in the places where we live, um, in order to influence and make a difference. Amen? Uh, We are flavored by God with us. We are flavored by Emmanuel. And this makes us different. It makes us spicy. We are resident aliens. We're the fish moving upstream, the cogs in an unjust system, those who call forth the innate God-given beauty and essence of everyone we come into contact with. We are able to do this because we ourselves have been soaked, right? Just like any good Korean barbecue, ribs, right? You don't just throw it on the grill and like throw some salt and like teriyaki sauce on there. You have to marinate it overnight, right? Maybe even put some seven up for like like carbonation tenderizing, right? And some brown sugar and some honey and some a little bit, not a lot of soy sauce um, and some rice wine. Um, there's a lot of things that go into Korea, a good Korean barbecue, and then in the fridge, just marinating, also with onions and green, you know, green onions and garlic. Garlic is really important. Ginger. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. We marinate in the Holy Spirit. We marinate as followers of Jesus in the goodness of who God is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in everything, the gifts, the very rich gifts that God has for us in the Holy Spirit. We are marinating. We are 
being transformed. We are being conformed to Jesus Christ. We have, maybe marination is not the uh, image for you. Maybe it's steep, right? If you're into coffee or tea. We have been steeped, right, in Jesus Christ. We have been steeped in the Holy Spirit. We don't simply learn about Jesus as disciples of Christ or read about being faithful or having faith, but we are soaked in the marinade of the gospel. We are marinated in the Holy Spirit. We get that barbecue southern cooking meat rub all pushed into our lives, right? Rub that barbecue rub in there, you know? Although Gordon Ramsay would say, all you need for steak is like salt and pepper, right? That's all you need. Um, was that? Yeah, <laughs> a good steer, exactly. And so as Christ's people, as the church, we juicy, right? We're dripping with flavor. And we go out on life's journey walking with the people, meeting new people on the road, and we rub, right? We rub ourselves off on people because we we're so juicy, we're so marinated, we can't help, we're slimy. And, the, and what Jesus is saying, you go out there and you be the salt of the earth, the flavor of the earth, and you rub yourself on everyone. Rub, 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 rub. You infect people. You marinate other people. And they become juicy too. We say to them, you can be so much more. I see the image of God in you. I see in you warrior, queen, poet, prophet, overcomer, peacemaker. In you, let me just rub some of this on you. Come on. Here's the special sauce. Come here. Come here. Splat. Right? Let's be juicy, church, and carry our flavor people will be saying, I'll have what they're having. I'll be different like they're different. There's something special. There's something off, maybe, or something crazy. <laughs> but I want it. I want it. Uh, I had a couple mentors coming up early in my kind of Christian leadership uh, life journey. Um, who, who put salt on me and brought out a little more flavor, right? It's like the soup, you put in the salt and it, it tastes more. Um, one guy, um, he was also Korean-American, so, um, and older than me and kind of walking the path ahead of me on his ministry journey. Um, and he said, he's, he stopped me, sat me down, and said, what I see in you is a tiger, right? A tiger, like, you know, those Korean tigers. And at the time, I was feeling pretty insecure about who, was, who I was. I was feeling pretty insecure about my gift, giftedness, whether or not, you know, I was called into ministry, and I was comparing myself to 
you know, my other teammates and what maybe they were more outgoing or, you know, maybe they were what I felt was wiser than me or had, you know, were more intellectual or, you know, had better things to say. And so I was feeling very small about myself and he said, tiger, right? And just that has stuck with me uh, through the years um, just because tiger is this, you know, powerful, maybe sometimes dangerous, right? You don't want to put a tiger in a cage because it'll like shred you up. But at the same time, that power is also, you know, kind of glorious and beautiful, right? So that was a good, that was a good word <laughs> spoken to me. And then this other lady, you know, a little, a few years later said, you know, I was praying and what I see, the image I got as I was praying over you was, you know, and she knew I was born in Hawaii. She was like, uh, like a Hawaiian, like an indigenous warrior doing, you know, with face painted and like doing one of those traditional dances just with power and strength. And she was like, let that come out. Right? And I was like, <laughs> let that come out, the warrior come out. And so those were examples of how words, right, speaking words into someone put salt, right, and kind of preserved or brought the flavor out in me. And then we turn to light. You are the light of the world. The city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. Light brings clarity and allows us to see the world around us, right? If we, if this, we turned out all the lights and blacked out all the windows in here, uh, we would not be able to see each other as well. We would not see color as well. We'd probably bump into the chairs moving around. Light illuminates um, the place we're in, and we're able to see the world around us more clearly and more fully as it is. Also, we use light, flashlights and like, you know, LED head, headlamps when we're camping, uh, we're walking on a path during the night to guide us along the journey, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't see where the path is, we'd get lost, we'd get scared. Um, you know, I, I remember when the power went out when it snowed earlier um, this month or last month, and uh, our, all of our lights went out, and Cammy was, Cammy was scared, and, you know, I heard her, oh, the lights are out, the lights are out, and we, we weren't ready, right? No, where are the candles? Where are the flashlights? And so we all gathered, you know, in Cammy's room, and I had one of those, you know, camping lights that you pull, and the LED light shines and hung it up, and it just illuminated the room, and it, you know, it was really awesome because up until that point, we were all on our individual lights, me on my phone, Isaiah on his computer, right? Janice was gaming. Uh, but when those lights went out and the house lights went out, we all gathered around, you know, one light, 
that helped us to see. And we had fun family time, right? And I was like, this is good. The light should go out more often, right? So that we can have, you know, this light shine to guide us into being family, right? Um, being light illuminates the way and guides us on the journey. It also gives us clarity and allows us to see truth. Being light where we work, um, not in a self-promoting way, not with divisive proselytizing, but in humility, not like evangelism, right? You know, follow Jesus or go to hell at the workplace. Um, like, what, what good is it if we evangelize in the workplace, but we're not good workers? <laughs> we're not good employees, right? Do good work so that others will see the light of God. Do good work so that others will see the light of God. We radiate the truth of Jesus Christ to those around us. At least we ought to, right? Why would we hide the light while everyone is struggling in the darkness, right? We all know the times. We can all tell testimony of how God lit the way in our lives when we were in darkness, right? We didn't know where to go. And he used someone or he used scripture or in prayer. He said, this way, right? We know those times in our lives. We know the times in our lives when we are far from Jesus or we didn't know Jesus and we were in darkness and it was horrible, right? So why would we hide the light of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ that we've experienced when, every, when we, everyone else is struggling in darkness? No. Jesus' point is you would bring out the light. That's what lights are for. Don't cover it. Don't hide. Put it in the most prominent place and shine. Bring it out and say, hey, we got light. And people will be like, yes, we can see. And, you know, our words, what we say, can go a long way. What we say to other people can go a long way in illuminating the reality around us and giving clarity to what is true. When there is racism around us or in the workplace, racism in our families even, in our recreation, we can call this out, right? We shine a light on it with our words. That's what it means to be light in the world, to be different. Um, when we see hurt happening, when one group is being bullied by another group or a person is being bullied by another person in our communities, in government, we can speak truth to power and to systems. We can shine a light, the light of Jesus Christ, shine truth into a situation so that people can see more clearly so good can be revealed. When our friends are overwhelmed by negative voices, pulling them down, when they're mired more in the lies that Satan tells, than the truths and promises of who God says they are. 
we can reflect the light of Jesus Christ, who said, as he was teaching in the temple, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light gives life. And then later on, this is a... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Matthew 8, later, was it Matthew? John 8, sorry. Later, turning to those um, who believed in him and what he was saying in the temple, he says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth, what? Will set you free. The light of Christ has set us free. The light of Christ will set us free. Truth sets us free. You took the blue pill when you followed Jesus, and now you know, right? You've been freed from captivity, the, claim, the chains of the matrix. And if the light of Christ has set you free, why would you hide that? Don't you want others to experience the freedom that you've experienced? We are the reflection of Christ's light. Our words and our deeds, the good we do, point people to God. We give glory to God when we are salt, when we are light through loving and affirming and advocating and forgiving and peacekeeping and truth-telling and being prophetic and standing against evil and speaking truth to power and walking the extra mile and turning the other cheek and being meek and being persecuted for Christ's sake and being poor in spirit and lamenting and mourning alongside others holding their hands as they journey through life. Right? We are light. We are salt. We are different, but it's life for the world. Amen? Do you believe this? We can tell our stories. We can live our stories. We can live the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and in Ephesians 5, Paul also writes, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the, in the Lord. So live your life as children of light. Light produces a fruit that consists of every sort of, um, every sort of goodness, justice, and truth. Goodness, justice, and truth. Therefore, test everything to see what's pleasing to the Lord, and don't participate in the unfruitful actions of darkness. Instead, you shall reveal the truth about them. Light reveals truth. Light reveals goodness. Light reveals justice. Amen? And Jesus is saying, go and be salty. Go and shine your light. Go and shine your light. Um, I was trying to find kind of like a testimony or an example or a story of how I am light in my life. You know, the obvious thing, oh, I'm a pastor and I give sermons, and I, you know, I, I'm in ministry, right? But that, what does that do for you? Not, most of us aren't clergy, right? Like, what does it mean in our daily lives um, to be light? And um, 
I think sometimes we see these passages, be salt to the earth, be light, you know, go speak truth to people, witness, be witness, be witness. And sometimes it makes some of us feel maybe more insecure, like, I'm not an outgoing person. Like, I feel like that means I need to be the center of attention or know how to say the right things to people or be outgoing, right? Like, be an evangelist out there, right? But, you know, when you look at this passage, Jesus says, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven, right? When we do thing, good things, after having marinated in the Holy Spirit and marinated in the salt of Jesus Christ and absorbing the light of Jesus Christ, just live, right? Just allow that to rub off on people, right? Because it's not pointing to yourself, right? It says people can see the good things that you do and praise what? Praise the Father is in heaven. Right? We reflect the glory of God, not for our glory. Um, so I was thinking, uh, I play Ultimate Frisbee, you know, and I organize a team, a league team. And our team is made up of, the, I was telling, I think, Mark, there's like three or four of us older guys, like in our 40s. There's some people in our 30s, and then there's a lot of people just out of college in their 20s. So it's a very eclectic bunch. And we just, you know, we just started a Discord. Like, we're trying to be hip with it, right? I'm trying to, so I opened up a Discord because uh, people were like, no one uses Facebook anymore. I was like, oh, okay, a Discord for our team. And, uh, and it's become this community, right? I, some of these kids are having, right, they had their first baby. One, one couple had their first baby. Like three, I think three people on the team had their first children. And they're posting pictures and stuff. And we're like, yeah, they're going to be ultimate players in the future. And just kind of, uh, you know, and they, they know that I'm a pastor, so they like, oh, you're a cool pastor. You're not like, you're not like uptight. And, and uh, um, and then yesterday I was playing and uh, someone, you know, throws this disc in the end zone. And it's, I don't know if I'm going to reach it, right? It, it's out there and I've lost this step. And it's raining, it's raining. So I'm like, I must get this. I must get it, so I'm booking it, and I elevate, and just, you know, I haven't laid out in about a year. I used to lay out all the time, but when my belly hits the ground now, it just hurts. Like, there's consequences, and so I laid out, <laughs> and I got it, right? And then the turf was wet, so I slid for like 10, you know, 10 feet. I got up and slammed the disc, and I like, <laughs> did this, and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just kind of the excitement that we felt, and th they were excited for me. And uh, later on, someone from the opposite team is like, yeah, like we heard about you. You're like 
you dive a lot, right? And you're like a pastor, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And, um, and another person was like, yeah, you're always, you're always cheerful and you're always like uplifting and encouraging people. And I was kind of like offended, right? I was like, why am I not the, the dangerous person, the, the intimidating person? Like, like I'm threatening, right? I'm competitive. You're the happy guy. I'm like, oh, but then I was like, okay, you know, as small, <laughs> as small as it is, people watch us when we live our life. Our children watch us. Our neighbors watch us. Those we play with, those we work with, right? They watch us. And this is what Jesus is saying. is like, be salty lights. The people are watching, and when they see you, they'll see the Father in heaven. Let's pray. God, thank you. For your word, thank you for your Holy Spirit, and um, thank you for always seeing us and always um, preserving us, preserving life in us, and bringing out the flavor in us. Thank you for the truth that you speak into our lives, the truth that you embody. Help us to reflect this truth in the world. Not, not in a stressful, anxious way or um, in a way that we feel like we have to be something we're not, but just merely rubbing ourselves off on people and shining, right? Just reflecting who you are, who you've, what you've done for us um, in our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen.